Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Well, we are officially in streak category. Two shows in a row. We've officially reached the streak status of the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And yes, this would be two in a row. I did one on Monday, and now here we are on Wednesday knocking another one out. Man, if I can get a Friday one done, it's been a while since I've gotten all three done in one week. And I picked the right week to do it because we have a very busy week and it's already started, but we got a lot more to get to. So let's just get into the big story on Tuesday. Of course, happened early, 8.30 in the morning. Retail sales data is out. And it was hotter than expected. Actually, it was a lot hotter than expected. So, of course, the bond markets were thrilled about that <laughs> as the 10-year hit another, like, what, 25-year. It's like we're always, like, in that same kind of time period where it's we're at a whole nother. I'm trying to do the math here in my head. Uh, like, 20-year, 20 20-year 20 record, somewhere around there. We keep getting new ones. Uh, the 10-year at one point was at about four, closed the day at 48 3%. That is, like I said, a number we haven't seen in about 20 years. The previous high, I think, was 4.81 or something. So not like a huge new high, but a new high nonetheless. And it was because of what happened with retail sales. Retail sales were much hotter than expected. The, let's just say the bar was somewhat low for what we were supposed to see in September. Advanced estimates of U.S. retail and food services rose to $704.9 billion. That was up 7, or excuse me, 0.7% from the prior month, which was actually slightly lower than the 0.8% rise that we saw in August. So even though it was bigger than expected, it was still less than what we had seen in August. Retail sales are now up 3.8% year over year, and that is up pretty significantly from August when it was 2.9%. In fact, we are now at the highest level since February for the year over year number. Uh, And as I mentioned, this was better than expected. Economists had projected only a 0.3% rise. So more than double is what we saw In September, and as I mentioned, the markets kind of went a little crazy when this data came out. It's You know, it's so funny because you feel like you're rooting against the home team because this data is actually good. I mean, it's good for the economy. There's still signs that the economy is is chugging along full steam ahead, you know, with unemployment, with uh, consumer spending. And yet it's like, oh, no, this is bad because it's pushing mortgage rates up. So that's kind of the downside. But if you're looking at it from any other perspective, you'd be giving two thumbs up. So what caused the bigger than expected jump? Uh, Miscellaneous 
had the best month. Miscellaneous stores. I still don't think I've ever looked up exactly what that is. Uh, whatever it was, sales were up 3% month over, just month over month. 3% jump from August until September. Online retailers had the second best month with sales up 1.1%. Automotive stores not far behind, up 1%. Gas stations up 0.9%. And restaurants and bars also were up 0.9%. Now on the flip side, who had a bad month? And there weren't a lot, actually. Uh, Clothing and electronic stores had the worst month. They're two separate categories. They both were down 0.8%. And then home improvement stores, I think we're the only other category in negative territory, down 0.2%. So that's why you saw that number so much higher, because really not a lot to the negative. Now, looking at the year-over-year number, it is the year of the bar. That is how I have dubbed it, at least for the month of September. Bars and restaurants are doing the best when compared to last year with sales up 9.2%. Online retailers not far behind with sales up 8.4%. Health and personal care stores up 8.3%. Automotive stores up 6.2%. And then general stores up 2%. On the flip side of that, we had furniture stores are having the worst year. Maybe the financing? I don't know. Maybe that's that's hurting them. They're down just under 6%. Department stores down 4.7%. And then gas stations. Yes, gas prices are up. I think they were up, uh, if you look at CPI data, a couple percentage points. But they're still below where they were a year ago. So that's why you're seeing a negative number for gas stations. Because gas prices, while rising, are still down year over year. Now, here's the big stat that matters. Because... A reminder, retail sales are not adjusted for inflation. And so pretty much the whole year, every time retail sales have come out, you had to compare it to CPI to get an idea of what is happening with actual sales. Because if inflation's up 5% and sales are up 2%, you're actually not seeing sales up 2%. They're not keeping pace with inflation. And here's what's interesting about September. For the first time since January, retail sales outpaced inflation. Just barely. They were better by 0.1%. So if you remember, the CPI for September was 3.7. And here we are at 3.8. Now, I will say this is not the most scientific. Uh, There was someone on Twitter... It's with Charlie something. I can't remember his last name. It's like Bello. And he was noting that retail sales were actually down when adjusted for inflation. Now, they're probably using a very much more sophisticated algorithm or formula that I am not using. I'm just taking CPI and comparing it to retail sales. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> That's definitely not. But it's a kind of rudimentary way of doing it uh, to give you an idea of what's happening with inflation and sales. And so I like my method. It's also a lot easier. So we beat it by 0.1%, but we did beat it. And as the great philosopher, Dominic Toretto, once famously said, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. Beautiful quote. (laughs) So they did beat it. They were better. But uh, the markets, like I said... They saw it as a win. 
regardless of what is happening with uh, actual inflation adjusted numbers, the market took it as a win. And so mortgage rates weren't exactly loving this news. Uh, And who else is not loving mortgage, the rise in mortgage rates? That was a really good transition that I kind of lost my place. Uh, home builders, they are not loving the rising mortgage rates because home builder confidence in the month of October, the current month that we are in, fell. It's one of the only reports, mostly because it's, it's looking at not compiling data, but a survey. Uh, it's one of the few reports that gives us like immediate data. Home builder confidence fell to a nine-month low in October, surprising economists who didn't even think we were going to see a drop from September to October. Home builder confidence fell four points to an index of 40 in October, four point drop from September and is the lowest level since January. Home builder confidence is up two points from the same time last year though. Because remember last year it was on that epic dive And I think it bottomed in December. And then, of course, every month leading up until, do the math in my head, July was the first time we saw it fall month over month. But for every other month, for six months straight, we saw an increase in home builder confidence. But now rates have become an issue. As I mentioned, economists were projecting that home builder confidence would hold at 44 in October. And a reminder that, of course, 50 is anything above 50 is where you want to be. Because that means more people are positive than negative. Under 50, more people are negative than positive. And not surprising, the drop in the overall index was caused by a drop across the board. All three components that make up this index, they all fell in October. The biggest drop was future single-family sales. So they're not, they're not concerned about now. They're concerned about the future. A five-point drop to 44. Uh, We saw future, or excuse me, current single family sales falling to 47. That was a four point dip. And then the traffic of prospective buyers dropping four points to 26. (laughs) So clearly they are concerned about now, but they're more concerned about what's going to be happening going forward. And then looking at the regions, the Northeast, took back the solo lead of all four regions. It was kind of funny. I think it was like the South and Northeast were tied, then the South took it back, and then they tied again, and now the Northeast has taken it back. Uh, They led all four regions with an index of 47. That was only a one-point drop from September, but that 47 leading all four regions was the lowest level since February. So we so they led, but that we haven't seen a number that low that that took the top spot since February. The South was number two after a five point drop to forty three. Midwest uh, fell one point to I didn't actually put that in my notes what they felt, <laughs> but it had to be higher than thirty five because the West was at thirty five. Uh, they fell seven points. The man, I didn't think the West had seven points to lose, but apparently they do. They're at thirty. Five. And then here's something interesting. So we're talking about inflation data. Robert Dietz, who is the chief economist for the National Association of Home Builders, who puts this out, had an interesting point about lowering inflation. We're in this very 
kind of paradoxical situation. I think I'm using that term correctly. So Dietz notes that boosting housing production would help reduce shelter inflation. You know, in the the CPI that is responsible for more than half of the overall CPI index increase. So not just not the index. I think it's one third of the index. Uh, It makes up, you know, half of the increase that we saw in the last report. And that would aid the Fed's mission to bring inflation back down to 2%. However, uncertainty regarding monetary policy is contributing to affordability challenges in the market. So we're in this weird place. I mean, I guess it's like a catch-22 where someone has to go first. Where inflation is remaining high because of shelter costs. But shelter costs are remaining high because rates are high because the Fed and those in charge of monetary policy are keeping rates higher because they're worried about inflation. (laughs) So it's like if we could get rates to fall, really what we need is we need supply. It's not just a rate issue. It's a supply issue. Because rate, all that really does is control demand. Rate does not control supply, except indirectly, which is what kind of Robert Deese is referring to, is that rates have gotten to a point where builders are like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of prospective buyers, hence the index falling to, what was it, 26? So they don't, they don't think there's going to be a ton of buyers. So they're like, well, we're not going to build as much. But so they're not building. You're not seeing that supply come on market, which would help lower the prices, which would help lower shelter costs, which would then help lower rates, which would then lower shelter costs even more. But we need that you know, first kind of rock to fall to cause the avalanche. <laughs> so right now we're in this Mexican standoff. Can you still say that? I'm saying it. <laughs> I might get canceled for that. Um, how many how many um, euphemisms can I come up with or scenarios can I come up with in this podcast to describe the situation? So we got paradox, catch 22, Mexican standoff. We have this situation where someone needs to move, but they can't move because of the other guy. And the other guy's not moving because of the other guy. <laughs> So someone's got to move is the point that I'm making. And that's kind of the, or not the point I make. That's the point that Robert Dietz is making where we need shelter costs to fall to lower inflation. But in order for shelter costs to fall, we need builders to want to build. And in this higher rate environment, they're not convinced the buyers will be there. So they're not building, adding to the supply, which would help reduce prices, reducing prices, reducing shelter costs, which would then also reduce shelter costs because then rates would fall as shelter costs fall, dropping overall inflation. So we'll see who decides to move first. So that was the two big reports that we got on Tuesday. Now, Wednesday, today, wink, wink, (laughs) uh, a lot of info. So Tuesday night, I do not have this information in front of me. I'm recording it before it came out. China's economic growth data is supposed to be out. But then Early this morning, we're getting UK data and Euro data with regards to inflation, I should say. (laughs) I need to clarify what data we're getting. Uh, UK inflation is expected to have slowed 6.5%, and the Euro area is expected to show inflation slowing to 4.3. 
for the longest time, the U.S. was way ahead of other countries. And now it seems as if the euro area is getting closer to the United States. And that would be kind of a hit to the U.S. monetary policy. Uh, we'll also get mortgage demand and rate data, as always, at 7 a.m. Uh, building permits are expected to fall 5.5%. And housing starts are expected to jump 7.6%. That is out at 8.30. So another possible mixed construction report, residential construction, with you know one category up, one category down. Completions probably will be up. We will see. Uh, and then at 2 o'clock, we're getting the Fed's beige book. And then because we don't do a show on Wednesdays, or excuse me, Thursdays. <laughs> um, big report on Thursday, existing home sales are expected to have fallen 3.7% to an annual rate of $3.89 million. There was a piece the other day in the Wall Street Journal about how you know, with what's happening in housing, the slowing in sales because of the lack of inventory for the most part and a lack of demand, we could see the uh, worst year since I think right after the uh, big Great Recession. And so a lot of people are going to be watching for that existing home sales report. Uh, and then we get Japanese inflation data. So a lot of global inflation global inflation happening this week we'll get to all of it on friday's podcast but you guys enjoy your wednesday enjoy your thursday we'll be back here friday morning for another edition of markets and mortgages and remember as always do not wait to buy real estate you buy real estate and wait